Good morning and welcome once again to another edition. We're uh, creeping into into fall. This year is more than more than over. And uh, as we go on, we see that we face new challenges every day. The world that we live in grows more confusing and darker and chaotic. They say that one of the things about being highly intelligent is that you can see things that need to be changed, see where the problem lies, but yet oftentimes we have no power to correct these things. And from a a spiritual standpoint, as you stand as a teacher, as a spiritual leader of a group, you can uh, face many different things from that perspective. Sadness, frustration, because we know what we need. We need Jesus. We need to turn to God. We need to fall under his reign. We need to go by his word. And yet we see that we do just the opposite of that. And as we go through the day, we're going to look at some more of these, these frustrations. And as a, a public service announcement and a warning, we're going to be self-reflecting. And we know that we don't like to be told that we're wrong. We don't like to be told that we're not doing things right. We don't like to feel that we're not living up to our potential and not doing the things that we should be doing. We don't like to feel that we're inadequate. We don't like to feel that we're not part of the group. But you're probably going to experience one or more of these things today because when we speak the truth of God, if we are not living a 100% total godly life, we are going to experience these things. We are going to face conviction. We're going to face condemnation because we can't walk in both worlds. We can't be in the light and the darkness. No one can serve two masters. And we need to make some tough choices and decide which one of these masters are we going to serve. Are we going to walk in the light or walk in the darkness? It seems like our time is running short. If we look at Sodom and Gomorrah, and God said it was time for them to go. And we look at today's world, and we have to wonder, how much longer can this go on? Many people talk about, well, they can't wait till Jesus comes back, and they've been saying that for years and years and years. And for a a good portion of my life, you know, we all look forward to the time that Jesus comes. What a great time that will be. But also, we are meant to enjoy the life that we have now. We have work to do in it. It's part of a process. It's part of of how God intended us for us to learn, to grow, and build our relationship with Him. And we have our trials, and we have our tribulations, and we also have our joy and our happiness. But it seems like there's more of the hardship than the happiness because of all the sin 
that seems to be surrounding us and crushing us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore all things whatsoever would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And there are many which go in that. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, for which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. I like to take for our modern day example, we look at our, our road infrastructure. And we see a, an interstate, and they have two, three, four lanes going in the same direction. Designed to handle a high volume of traffic. Many cars going in the same direction, going the same way. We often take these paths because they're, they're easy to navigate, they're clear, they're fast. We can go with the herd. We can set our way and go. And that's what the majority of us do, take the path of, of least resistance. But the narrow path is often slow. It's difficult. The terrain might be rough. And it's hard to find. And we wonder why it is that so many of us take this, this big path, avoiding the small narrow path and that tiny gate when it comes to choosing life, to choosing God. Seven and fifteen. Beware of false prophets which comes to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. They shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of the thorns or the figs of the thistles? Even though every good tree bringeth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, nor can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree that bringeth no forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. Therefore their fruits they shall be known. You know, I think it's amazing today is what we use as our, our compass and our, our guide. One of the frustrating parts is, is Week after week, I talk to a small, small audience here live. I look at the numbers and I see a small audience in the realm of the, of the podcast world where you can listen. And yet it's so easy to just show up. To listen. But we choose not to. And for that virtual online community, it's even easier. 
And what else are you filling your ears with? Are you filling your mind and your hearts with? Because it's easy to make selections. And are you picking that news, that music, or that cast that's something that's of this world and provides no significance to us? Oftentimes, as Christians, as believers, People of the faith, we are, are criticized. You believe in that, that man in the sky. You think talking to an invisible person is going to change your situation. You put this time, this money, and this effort into this organization, and for what? What do you have to show for it? But yet, we do the same thing with People. And the word tells us that to beware of false prophets, to look at the fruits of the people. What do they do? What does it become? But we want to ignore all that. Is it because that we're lazy that we want to put any effort into it? Or do we want to fit in somewhere? We want to feel comfortable? What is the situation? Why is it that we're so willing to dismiss God, but we're so willing to go after everything else of this world? 2 Timothy 4 and 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch and all the things they endure in fictions. Do the work of an evangelist and make proof of thy ministry. They will turn away from the truth. Their ears will turn for truth and they will turn to fables. Folks, the Word of God right here is speaking to us today. This is happening right now. We take in all of this stuff. You know, here's the thing about the Word of God. You have to physically, mentally, Spiritually, with all your being, want to receive it. No one is making you open up your Bible. No one is forcing you to. No one is making you listen today. No one's making you show up for church. No one's making you turn on the Word. No one's making you listen to Praise music. And in fact, if you have the, the hankering to do it, there's a good chance that you might be criticized for it. You might be made fun of. You might be dismissed. You might be treated as less than because of your interest in God. Your interest in His 
word. And we all want to fit in. But you see, we take these things of the world and we are bombarded with it. You walk through, you see a newspaper laying there, and the front page has something of this world to try to convince you of something. You turn on your TV, and oftentimes we tune right into it. We turn on the news, which is biased, which is directional, which is trying to get you to form an opinion and follow a trend. And we just tune into it and we listen and we watch it and we take it all in. And even if we're not, we're bombarded with other things that, that cut in. It comes up on our social media, our news feeds. And then, of course, we want to discuss it with others. And we all have our opinions and our beliefs. And we see these things and we start to formulate it and we make it fact in our minds. And we believe it so much so that we also want to force it upon everyone else that comes along. And if someone doesn't think the way that we think, then they are wrong. And we label them with names and we treat them as they're some sort of a, a monster, a terrorist, and we cut them away and we divide. As you're uh, learning to teach the Word of God, if you're going to be a, a preacher, a pastor, a teacher... There's certain rules they, they lay out for you and tell you to, to follow. Certain things that we should keep from the pulpit, keep from the people. Certain things that we should always try to interject. I've told you from the very beginning that I have a different outlook on these things. And God said, okay, be different because we need something different. So they tell us, you know, we don't keep our, our politics, we keep it out of, the, out of the way. These are things of the world that are happening right now. And I've read you the scripture today, and everything fits into place. We look at the fruits of what's being done. We look at the falsehood of the people that are standing before us and telling us things. We look at not only a lack of faith, but the absence of it totally and completely. We see them injecting God's name into things in a bit to try to convince us that what they are saying is true and correct. When in reality... It is the work of Satan. When the leader of the free world stands before us and preaches division, 
and tells us that if you think a certain way, if you vote a certain way, if you support certain people, that you are a danger. That's bad fruits. No matter what your personal beliefs are, no matter what affiliation you have, it is your duty to unify people. Unification is a godly trait. God wants us to come together as a family, as a unit, to love one another as brothers and sisters. That is the very reason why we see so many evil people walking around because God wants them to have that opportunity to turn around and to change. And He loves each and every one of us. But the world teaches us that if they don't think the way that we think, if they don't conform to the way that we tell them to conform, we should cut them off and destroy them. You know, like the Pharisees, whenever Jesus came and he was preaching a new way and he was pointing out all the errors of their ways. And what do they do? Well, let's send some people out into the crowd. So I have them hooping and hollering, crucifying, crucifying. We got to get him out of the way. There's a, a fellow that you always see in the news because his name has been in the news for the past six years. The only president in history that's ever received as much news coverage past his pregnancy as he did during. Such a a battle. And we've seen that we've had other figures and other people of status that have never seen any kind of attempt for justice, any kind of attempt to undo any or undercover any kind of wrongdoing because of who they are, their status, and their affiliations. But we see when we have someone that stands up and wants to be different and wants to do things right, then they're a threat and they have to be destroyed. We have a pattern that we just keep repeating over and over again. Evilness wants to destroy the righteousness. And then we as a people, we become brainwashed. Because they'll walk out in the street and they'll say, hey, who are you for? And they'll say, why? Well, because he's a bad person. He's a racist. He does all these horrible things. What things did he do? Well, 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 I can't think of something off the top of my head. Well, he said some mean things. 
Okay, well, what's happening right now? Yeah, he did this back in the past. We all have have passed. You know, that's another thing. We get to the point where we make a mistake in life. We don't do things the way that we think things should be done. And there seems like there is no recovery for that. There's no rehabilitation. There's no recovery. There's no salvation. There's no forgiveness. Everything that is total opposite of what God says. God says, I love you so much. I have sent you my son. He has died for you. He's covered you in his blood. I forgive you of all your transgressions. The ones you did in the past. The ones you will make in the future. I forgive you and I love you. But we do not show that same courtesy to our fellow man. Oh, you made a mistake? You can never be trusted again. It doesn't matter that you've paid for it, that you've suffered for it, that you've repented for it, that you've done everything possible to show that that was a one-time deal You're never going to forget it. You're never going to get past it. We are going to hate you forever for it. And Christians, we're some of the worst ones about it. Oh, we don't want you part of us. We don't want you in our church. We're supposed to be saving souls, and all we're doing is isolating. Fruits of the character. I still see people driving around in their cars all by themselves with masks on their face and gloves on their hands. And it says that we're okay. We don't have to do these things anymore. And the fact of the matter is, we never had to. But we listen to people that have ulterior motives to what they want us to do. You can't make yourself sick. There's nothing in there that's going to get you. So why the fear? Because we've been programmed with it. We've let that in. We don't have the Word of God to shield us from it, to tell us what the truth is, so we just believe whatever comes along. They tell us to to stay away from one another, to shut down, and that it'll only be temporary. All the while that jobs are lost, businesses crash. They say, take these vaccinations, wear these things. And we see an influx. We see the manufacturers of these products making billions upon billions of dollars. We see inflation of these products and shortages due to all this. And nothing fixed the problem that it was supposed to be fixing.
And the thing of it is, it never would have been a problem if we just relied on God. But we were so scared. We were so much in fear. And we're listening to all the false prophets. We're ignoring God. The God that tells us that I'm here to make you healthy and whole. That I am your protection. That I will keep you through these things. That you have a hope and a future. You have a purpose. And of course, if you have all these things, you can't be dead. God will see you through. But yet we ignore that and we go along with these things. We have to have a, a motive for our actions. And they're concerned about all these documents that was discovered during this search. What were you going to do with them? And of course... Throughout history, what tells us is the only reason that a person does these things is to make some kind of profit from it. But in reality, there's no motive for that. For the first time in history that a president left the presidency making a lot less than he went in. Other like anybody else where their net worth multiplied significantly. Where they go in as millionaires and come out as multi-millionaires. But the salary doesn't produce that. You have to question the fruits. They're pushing us to go green. We have to save our planet. And I think this is such a slap in the face to God. You look at our bodies. God's creation, our bodies. An amazing thing that if you cut yourself, it'll heal up. If you get sick, it has an immune system that will fight off the bacteria or the virus. It repairs itself. It regenerates its cells. It is so sophisticated. It has a mind, a body, a soul. All God's creation. We look at the earth. We have oceans, we have rivers, we have lakes, we have plant life, animal life, air to breathe. We have everything that we use, wood, elements, fuel, everything is here. God has provided us with everything that we need. And it is such a slap in the face to him to think that our God, our creator that has mapped out everything, knowing every move, and has got everything here for us, has made of these perfect creations that we can completely throw off everything. 
See, because if we can destroy the planet before he has a chance to come back and destroy it and rebuild it, that means this word is incorrect. And God tells us that he cannot lie. So we cannot doubt his word. There's nothing we can do as people that's going to destroy this world. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. So we are foolish and you have no faith if you get behind this fad. And that's exactly what it is. It's a fad to make you think that you're part of something. Make you think that you're doing something special. And really you're just a fool. Oh, but you're saving so much money. How can buying a $70,000 vehicle that is really inefficient. Takes eight hours to charge, drive 300 miles. And see, the thing is, let's look at our other technology. You know, most of us have one of these little telephones in our pocket. And what happens after we have that phone year after year? You notice when you first get it, you plug it in, you charge it up. Battery lasts for a while. But after it starts getting a little bit of age on it, you start using it over and over again. We notice that the time that we have it doesn't last as long. The battery gets weaker. You have to charge it more frequently. We get less runtime with it. And that's all batteries because that's battery technology. That's just the way they work. It hasn't gotten that much better. And we change the, the types and the technology, but we still have the same problem. I use battery-powered tools all the time. And I use them over and over, and they're constantly being drained and going up and down, up and down, and eventually the runtime gets shorter. Eventually, they get to where they don't work at all. And that's not too bad because, you know, we can go down and we can get another one of these. And what do we do with our, our phone whenever it comes time for it to replace that battery because we can't even get through the day without having to keep it to the charger? Well, the cost to replace the battery is oftentimes more than it is to just buy a new phone. You know, used to back in the back in the early 2000s, we just popped off the cover. You could order a battery off eBay, pop it back in, have two or three spares. It was cheap, and we could do it ourselves. But the things are so complicated now that we have to take it to a professional. And we have to pay their labor. And it's so is the stuff is more expensive because it's so sophisticated. It becomes not worth it to 
repair it. So what happens when that warranty runs out and you're on the foot for a ten or a $20,000 repair to your $70,000 car? Where's your savings there? And then we look at we don't have the ability to be able to keep up with the demand of all the electricity needed. And of course, where does that electricity come from? Coal, fossil fuels. That's the bulk of it that we have today. So we're just moving things around. We're just taking it from one category and putting it to another category and still accomplishing the same thing. It's always... We have a, a brilliant idea from the top. We have to have some way of, of funding that. And we don't look at what benefits everybody. We look at what benefits a few. And then everybody has to, to pay for it. We just canceled some student loans. And states are already implementing taxes to combat that. So the people that's already taken care of theirs, never took any out, decided to go and work and earn a living, they're now having to pay for the ones that's not do paying for themselves. All because someone made a choice. And the fruits is, well, now I'm going to be popular with this group of people because they're going to like me now because I did something for them. Do as I say, not as I do. Because see, when we implement these new laws, these new things, we put little clauses in there that it don't affect the members of Congress. You know, we're, we're going to take us out of this, you know. We're, we're going to hire new IRS agents, but we're not going to include us in this situation. We're exempt because we're special, because we say so. The fruits. We go and we... We look at all these things and we see the manufacturers are going to go where the money is. The investors are going to invest where the, they need to to make their profits. As long as they can get us all to fall in line, jump on the bandwagon. Because it sounds good. And the fact of the matter is, it's just because you've heard it so many times. We get bombarded with it that we soon believe it. And we can't even say where it came from. And that's what's good, so good about the Word of God. You need to know what God's idea about something is, what God thinks about something. All we have to do is look it up. 
We have page numbers, we have books, we have chapters, and we have verses. We can go exactly to where the source is. None of this, well, I heard it somewhere, none of this, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I've seen that somewhere. No, it's right here in the Word. And God's fruits are always the same, just because He loves us. He wants to enhance our lives and make it better. So we have to look. We have a responsibility to look and see what we are taking in, what the fruits are, what the truth is, what God has to say about it. People, we have to take everything and say, no, that's not what God says. And it's hard because it seems like this is a, a worldwide plague right now that every country and everything's jumping on this bandwagon, but in reality, to doing so denies God. God has a plan and a purpose. And when we get to the point that we think that we can do it better than him. Ask King Saul how that worked out for him. Lost his kingdom. Ask Solomon how that worked out for him when he strayed away from God. Started listening to all the foreign women. Even... Some of the others, David, Abram, as they strayed, doubted, and had bouts from time to time, when we step out of that light, things get bad. And we can get pulled back into it. We can step back in. When we step out, things get bad. Things are bad right now because we're living in a world of darkness. And when we see something that seems like it's worldwide, that everybody's on board, and we're saying, no, that's not right, that can be a scary thing. But with God, we don't have to be scared. Because everything that we're scared of is scared of God. Everything that we're scared of is scared of God. He is the top of the food chain. He is the Almighty. There is nothing above Him. And He is our reward. He is going to protect us. He is going to reward us. And He's going to be proud of us. We got a lot of work to do.